Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 104. So for the next few weeks, I'm choosing my favourite episodes from the back catalogue. With over 100 episodes to now choose from, I'm taking this opportunity to revisit some of the episodes I've most enjoyed putting together. Last week, I revisited the 12 benefits of slow looking, whether for you personally or for you as an educator or guide wanting to incorporate slow looking into your programs. This week, I'm resharing a really popular episode about the importance of reading the room and how you can read a group. But before that, now that we are over 100 episodes, this podcast is a great resource but it's also quite an undertaking. It takes hours of work every week to ensure that new episodes are designed, edited and released. So if you want to support the show and keep it going from strength to strength, please do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash You can also help this podcast reach more people by posting about it on your own social media accounts and by sharing, liking and commenting on mine too. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends. Thank you for all the support. So here is this week's episode. This episode originally aired in March 2022. Reading the room and understanding your group is a crucial but often undervalued skill in museum education. Being able to read a group enables you to tailor the experience to your group's needs, to communicate effectively, manage group dynamics, enhance visitor experience and maximise any learning outcomes. By observing your participants' engagement, their interest and their understanding, you can adapt your programme, you can address any conflicts and you can create a more inclusive an enjoyable environment. Ultimately, it ensures a more personalised, engaging and successful programme for all. So here's how to do it. Enjoy. So what is reading the room or reading a group? What does it actually mean? Well, reading the room is about the ability to understand the mood in the room and how receptive people are. And when you're working with groups, whether it's in the museum, whether it's online, it's extremely helpful to be able to know how to read the room. Paying attention to others and listening for clues can pay dividends. So being able to read a group, to see how engaged they are, to see whether perhaps they're enjoying the programme, whether they're following along, or even whether they're listening to you, is extremely important. And for many reasons, it can help you to adjust, so you can adjust in real time 
so that you address any issues, any concerns before they become too serious. It can help you to capitalize on things that are going well, so you can do more of them, and to change course if things aren't going so well. So it helps you to confirm or change your plan for the group. Paying attention allows you to be flexible and change in the moment based on the clues you're picking up from your group. And I think being able to read your group allows you to personalise experiences too. You're personalising them to what the group needs at that moment. So knowing how to read between the lines is a great skill to have. It helps you to understand other people, helps you to understand what they want, what they don't want, and this builds trust. So when you're reading the room, it's important to pick up on clues not only from the discussions that are taking place, but also from underlying reactions or things that are left unsaid in the room as well. And these subtle clues aren't always easy to pick up on, but you can train yourself to not only be aware of them, but to influence group dynamics by paying more attention. So it is a really useful skill to have. So here are some tips for how you can read a group. So first of all, find out as much as you can at the start. So depending on where you're working, sometimes you can take the time to get to know your group before you start the session with them. Sometimes it's perhaps when they're getting off the bus or arriving into the museum and taking their coats off. So if you have the opportunity, interact with the group and chat to them as they arrive. This will help you to understand where the group is at and how they are arriving at the session. Now, obviously, it also goes without saying that your introduction is the place where you also want to get to know your group and find out as much as you can about them in a relaxed way, of course, as this will help you to read them throughout the programme. Your goal at this point, at the start, is really to find out who's in the room and what their relationship is to each other. So find out everything you can about who's who in the room in your introduction and what interest areas are important to each of these individuals. Secondly, you need to observe. So scan the room. This can be done at the start of a programme. You can learn an awful lot in the first five minutes with a group and regularly throughout. So notice who's standing where and who they are next to. Who's together? Who's alone? What's the rhythm and pulse of the room? Who's smiling? Who isn't? And then you can do your best to read how they're feeling through their facial expressions, their posture and their body language. So you can look for quick micro-expressions like quick smiles, raised eyebrows, or even small frowns. They can all be telling. But do be aware that body language and facial expressions can give off false clues. So something like crossed arms is a really good one. It can be a sign that someone's fed up, but it can also just be a neat way of doing something with your hands when you're standing. So don't assume 
anything. Do careful and consistent observation because this will give you information and this information will help you to navigate the group. So again, be aware that your observations and perceptions can lead you astray and your emotions might come into play with this too. So think of a variety of possible reasons why people might be behaving in a certain way. Keep your emotions in check and don't take anything too personally. People can bring all sorts of emotional states into the museum with them and it's not necessarily as a result of what you're doing. So keep an eye out for positive signals and focus on those. So reading the room is definitely more challenging in a virtual environment, but you can still pay attention to facial expressions and watch the eyes. Take time every so often to scan the participants in full rather than just the few you see on your screen. Scan through all the participants and notice how they're responding to what you are saying. Are people nodding? smiling? Are they engaging with you? Or are they looking down or away? Now, this doesn't mean they're not engaged. It can mean if they're looking down, they're reading something to the side. So try not to make assumptions. But from time to time, you could take a brief pause, perhaps for a sip of water or something, and then take a moment to observe what's happening in the virtual room. Okay, the next thing to think about is listening. So this means listening without thinking of something to say or what the person or how what the person is saying relates to what you are thinking. Try to rid your mind of thoughts and tune in to what's being said. So listening well is especially important in virtual online meetings where you can't see things like body language and eye contact is not present. So as you listen in a virtual meeting, pay attention to the emotional tone of their words for clues to their responsiveness. And listening more ensures you'll talk less. And by talking less, you'll be able to tune in to others to listen to what they're saying and the way they're saying it and pay attention to any clues they are giving about how they are feeling. And you can also use paraphrasing or restating and lots of open-ended questions to give your participants the chance to talk and for you to listen carefully. The next thing to do is to create moments to take the temperature of the group. So apart from at the start, you want to be able to have moments throughout your programme when you can observe your group and take a moment to take the temperature of the room. So think about how you could sequence your stops, if you're on a guided tour, or your activities so that you can build in a few moments that allow you to do this. These are points when you can learn about the participants' energy, their willingness to participate. So perhaps, for example, this could be during a, a small group activity or a pair share, and you are observing how the group interacts with one another. You look at who's talking, who's quiet, who looks keen, or who looks a bit more reluctant. 
And taking that time to pay attention to the makeup of the group, it could also be just after you've asked a question, in your waiting time, when you're scanning the group, you could watch people's facial expressions and body language closely. So design space into your programs where perhaps you don't always have to take such an active role so that you can take the time to take the temperature and observe the group. This will also give you time to think about how the group are responding to your program so far and whether you need to tweak or change anything. So you might need at this point to tone down some elements or to switch up some others. Sometimes on a guided tour or in a program, you can almost feel a shift in your audience's attention. You might see people looking at their watches or their phones or they start looking around at other things rather than you or the artwork. Or the group may suddenly go quiet or noisy in response to a comment. So if you observe this occurring, you should respond to the changing situation rather than continue as if nothing has happened. So be flexible and go with what is happening in the moment. So if the room has suddenly become tense, diffuse the situation with humour or empathy to lighten the mood. You should be happy to deviate from your plans and to think on your feet. Okay, the next thing to think about when you're reading a group is to check in with them. So linked to what we've just been talking about, it's important to also ask regular check-in questions. Ask your group how they feel and what they are thinking. Asking how are we all doing and giving them a quick summary of what's still to come. You could also ask them what they're looking forward to. So these quick check-ins usually come in the form of closed questions and are really easy to insert into your programme at regular intervals. You can also get your group to confirm what you're reading of the group to tell you whether you're right or not. You could say, well, I'm sensing that as a group, there's not a lot of energy today. Am I seeing this right? And many times your group will confirm back to you what you think you are seeing and they'll tell you that they are in fact really tired and you can adapt your programme accordingly. Finally, when you are reading a group, make allowances for the fact that the group is made up of a variety of individuals. So don't assume that what you're reading in one person is the same for the whole group. So some people could be showing signs of weariness or boredom or irritability and it's purely due to external factors. And do bear in mind that things like body language are not an exact science. The key thing here is to pay close attention and notice what is going on and to be open to a variety of possible reasons. So thanks for listening today to this rebroadcast. Let me know what tips you learned and what you're going to look out for when you're reading the room or reading a group. Next week, I'll be sharing my final favourite episode. So listen out to see which one I'll choose. That's it for this week. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. 
You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.